When you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do and start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia. Movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome to Final Fights, brought to you by Movies, Films, and Flicks. I am Mark Hoffmeyer, and joining me is Megan, half a punch Hoffmeyer. Why not a whole punch? You only need half a punch. Okay. So, Mickey, one punch. O'Neal, in this film, he needs one punch. Well, I would like an upgrade to quarter punch, then. All right, so, Mark (laughs) Hoffmeyer, joining me is Megan, quarter punch Hoffmeyer. Heck yeah. You just have to threaten people with a punch and they fall down. I can do that. You're like Michael Caine from Austin Powers Gold Member, where he just tells people to fall. And Mm -hmm. they do it. Just bow up on people. Yep. You throw combos, but they don't hit anybody. The air knocks people out. But it's threatening. Yeah. You do it to me all the time. I'm scared for my life. (laughs) That sounds terrible. Well, thank you. Thank you for joining. So, I don't... Did I ever tell you how much I love this movie? Probably, but I love it too. Yeah, so I... In, in 2001, it came out here in the States in January. I went and saw it after school, and everyone thought I was crazy. They're like, why is Hoffmeyer going to go see this picture with, I don't know any of these people. Is Brad Pitt's in it? I don't know who this is. And I'm like, get over yourselves, guys. So I was like, I love Lock, Stock, and Two Smoking Barrels. And they're like, what? And I learned about that movie through the MTV Movie Awards, which used to be awesome. Oh, that used to be the thing. Yeah. I mean, it was the event every year to watch the movie awards. That's how I learned about Bottle Rocket, and Virgin the Suicides. Yeah, like, I mean, I don't, if we were our age, I wonder if they would be that cool. But I remember them being super neat. Like, they were really cool award shows. Oh, it was definitely a big thing back then. I think it was probably because MTV was so big at the time, but. No, you're right. And I guess this movie sort of fell in my wheelhouse. Because it was hyper-stylized, I kind of dug that. But I, also at the time, I, was, I wasn't I was anywhere near this quality of Gorgeous George or Horace Goodnight Anderson <laughs> or Mickey O'Neill or or uh, the Madman Harris. But, you know, I was a boxer. I you, would box you in... You were closer to Bullet Tooth Tony? Yeah. I would box in backyards. I would box in bars. Like, there's like Buffalo Bill's bar. And they have a cheap ring set up. And I would box people. Sounds like a tetanus shot waiting to happen. Oh, yeah. I mean, you see my nose. Like, one time I thought I got my jaw punched off my face. I had to, like, look in a mirror to make sure it was still there. But it, I was nowhere near the talent of these guys. But I loved boxing. And I loved... I was really into MMA, boxing. And when this fight happened, just kind of about bare-knuckle boxing in England and everything that surrounds it, this final fight that's 3 minutes and 25 seconds between Brad Pitt, Mickey uh, O'Neill, and Horace Anderson... It's a badass fight. How many how many punches do you think landed in this fight? Ooh. I'm counting headbutts, in, body shots. In this 
in yeah. just the fight at the end. Yeah. Ah, uh, oof. That's tough. Maybe 40? 60. Oh, that's not... You're good. Not, I'm getting closer every time. Yeah. Remember in Commando, I was like, you won't believe how many punches. You're like, 700? I'm like, no, like <laughs> 80. But so... Oh, no, that was The Night Comes For Us, another fun episode. But yeah, this... You could count easily the, the fights of Mickey's, the first two, those two punches. And he earned his one punch name. So if you had two fights, you'd, you'd be one half because you threw one half of one punch because you knocked people out with quarter punches. Such a great average. So we get to this fight because Turkish, played by Jason Statham, and Tommy, played by Stephen Graham, who is in, he's in The Irishman, arguing with Al Pacino. So it's funny watching him in this movie oh, playing yeah. a sidekick they to Statham. They all look so young in this. It's funny to watch it. And I only first saw it within the past few years. I mean, I love it, but what was that Irish bare knuckle boxing movie that you got me to watch? The documentary? Knuckle. Yes, that one. Yeah. I think that you made me watch that movie and that got me interested in watching this movie. I'm obsessed with kind of, well, the Irish travelers and their bare knuckle boxing matches because they're Oh, it's insane. They're badasses. And the current champion Tyson Fury, he was he was born an Irish traveler. Now he's the WBC the Ring lineal heavyweight champion. He just uh wiped the floor with Deontay Wilder in a fight. And so I've always loved bare knuckle boxing. And I think a lot of that comes back to this movie Snatch. Well, and you can, if you are into that whole scene or you know anything about it, that just makes Mickey seem so much scarier Yeah, and as a fighter. Once you learn that he's a bare knuckle boxing champion, you're like, okay, this dude is, what did that, like, they said he's something like hard as, hard as nails, but there's something harder than that. I mean, the guy's been forged in the, in the fire. The dude's mm-hmm. a beast. Diamond? Yeah, he's a, he's a, He's, yeah, because he's you know there's a diamond in the movie. He's like a oh my good hey now, not a dog eats. <laughs> but this this fight though, and what I like about it is they shot it over three days. So this is Guy Ritchie and Matthew Vaughn on the commentary. Guys, if you have the Snatch DVD Blu-ray, I have the DVD Megan that I bought in 2001 on in July 3rd and has full screen and widescreen. Wow, that's luxury for yeah. 2001. Like you can't you don't get that nowadays. No, because it's all in widescreen. What if I want to watch There Will Be Blood on full screen? I mean, you should probably buy an old box tube TV first so it fit the screen. I could get duct tape and put it on the sides of the screens. You are not touching the TV with duct tape. <laughs> so I, I have the DVD and I, I actually, I remember being really excited to buy this. I went and bought it. It came with playing cards. I had oh, snatched playing cards for a long time. But what I love about this fight is it was shot over three days and... Every possible trick that you could use in this fight, they use. I mean, there's zooms. Remember when he knocks down mm-hmm. Horace with his first punch? Yeah, they do a great job with the the music and the shots and the pacing to make it feel very exciting and urgent. No, and like, do you think that's usage of their like? There's the zooms that zoom in on them when Horace goes down in the first punch. And then they do a bunch of slow motion. Yeah, the one where Mickey gets punched in the face as his face is turning and it slows down. Because then you get to really feel the pain as his hair flings and sweat is flying off of him. And they do like quick cuts, headbutts. There's water dropping on people's uh, heads. You, you notice all the smoke in the background and also the score. Did you know that they didn't pick this song until a few weeks before the movie was released? Really? And they had other songs that wasn't working. And Guy Ritchie fell out with all of his musical mentors Uh-oh. because of this. And they ended up going with Oasis's, I can't really say the name of the song, but it's Effin' in the Bushes. Oh, nice. Awesome song. <laughs> Badass song. And then I love when when it would cut occasionally from the song to like the crunchy noises and the hittings. And like it just, every trick that you could do with this three minute fight, I think they threw in. 
Yeah, there's some really good sound effects. The punches especially, they really land. They sound hard. I don't know what they use to make the noises, but they were they were impactful. Yeah, I hired a Foley artist to punch meat. Punch To punch walnut bags? Yeah. <laughs> and, and then I love when after he knocks out the guy at the end, when Mickey's supposed to stay down, but he gets up and knocks the guy out, uh, the song Angel by Massive Attack comes on. And that's when kind of... Shit gets real. It's just like, dun, dun, dun. so it's yeah. I it's noticed a really cool progression into the music. How it totally changes at that last moment. So it's very you know amped up and it's very strong pacing, and you feel really I don't know. You feel the urgency of the moment, and then it really changes at that last minute. Mm-hmm. No, it does, and I love how it just goes like because Jason Statham thinks he's dead. They mm-hmm. think they're done. Mickey shouldn't have done that. And then I want to tell you something kind of cool. I was watching the other boxer, Horace Goodnight Anderson. And he was played by a guy named Scott Welch, who was the ABA heavyweight champion. And he actually fought for the WBO world title. And he retired with 22 wins and 17 KOs in 1999. And he's climbed Kilimanjaro. Okay, so I was looking at this guy. And, you know, you and I watch a lot of MMA. And I was thinking, this guy looks like a fighter. He's obviously not in, you know, fighting shape where he would really show up to a live fight. He's obviously would have to trim down or whatnot for that. But he looked like a fighter. His build yeah. and his physicality. And the punch... So, normally in films, you, you watch movies like Rocky or Warrior. We love Warrior. So good. I'm not going to hate on Warrior. But a lot of these movies, you can't have really... I mean, this movie absolutely ex- exaggerates the punches as well. But this guy, Scott Welch, his punches looked really good. They weren't mm-hmm. winging. He threw straights. Like, in movies, people very rarely throw straights. And in this film, he threw it right down the pipe because that just doesn't look good on screen. You know, the looping punches look better. So I loved his the work. And when he was throwing the body shots on... I'm punching in the air. You're watching me. Yes, I am. When he was... And I'm nodding because everyone can yeah, hear that. And when he was throwing the body shots, you could see his hips move with his feet. I mean, like the form was good mm-hmm. in it. And I wonder if Welch was like, hey, I'm not going to squelch oh. on my boxing. I'm, I want to look good. Well, do you think they positioned him against a real fighter, both in the fictional world and the real world, so that Mickey, being this amateur bare-knuckle guy, he's wearing sneakers, baggy pants, he walks in in an oversized pink button-down that's open, and he just looks grungy. Do you think that that is all used to give the sense of how good and dangerous and even sneaky he is? The the guy he went against? Yeah, I think that's really smart, too, because... Remember early in the film, Gorgeous George gets knocked out by Mickey, mm-hmm. and then the the Madman Harris gets knocked out. Yep. They look like they look like badasses, but they didn't look like. I mean, they don't look. Maybe they were fighters, but this guy looked like a fighter. His nose, yeah, was he smushed. looked very technical. Yeah. Those guys seem more like actors doing a fight, brawlers. And so I, I really dug him in this, and he didn't really care. He's like, this was fun. Now he trains professional boxers, and he goes exploring Good all over the guy. place. Yeah, dude's a badass. And then I, I guess the highlight of the fight is the. 800 frames per second. I mean, this, that's when it gets exaggerated. It's oh, when Brad Pitt gets punched, punched off of his feet. Punched and he goes vertical, yeah, horizontal. And he, yeah, and he goes horizontal in the air. I mean, the, his head would fly off before it's that so happened. It's so awesome, too. It looks like he's laying down in midair. Yeah, I mean, and you know what's pretty cool is, so they, on the behind-the-scenes doc, uh, documentary, they had him jumping in the air with the 800 frames a second, and he had to hold his arms in an exact motion. Mm. And it's kind of crazy watching this, because you can tell that Brad Pitt contacted Guy Ritchie to be in this movie. Yeah. Because in the film, Guy Ritchie's telling Brad Pitt how to act. And by this time, the dude was Oscar nominated for 12 Monkeys, Legends of the Fall, Interview with the Vampire. He was a global Mm -hmm. phenomenon. 
And he's just sitting there listening to Guy Ritchie direct him. He's like, okay, okay. Like, Oh, that's dude, in the making of it? Yeah, I mean, the dude's a super professional. And Guy Ritchie's talking smack to him. Like, what are you doing? Like, he's... So you could tell that Brad Pitt, it made me like him more because he was just letting his second time director that he called give him screen direction. He was totally cool with it. Yeah, I remember back when you did that, you did a video for a different news outlet and you were pulling up data on Brad Pitt versus who was it, Leo Leo DiCaprio. And I just, it struck me how professional he really is. I know he's had personal things here and there, but he seems like a true professional. And when you look back at his entire career, just the choices he's made are so interesting. Yeah, just watching the movies he's been in, like it's so varied. But I thought he brought a lot of, he was excellent in this fight. Just the hurt, Mm -hmm. the shots. I mean, the guy crushed it. And shooting 800 frames per second and holding your body like that, that's tough. Well, acting through an entire movie where no one can tell what you're saying. <laughs> that's great. I mean... That's a good event. He's a funny mom. Right? That's a big fella. I'm not going to copy him. I can't do it. But it's excellent. I mean, you have an unintelligible character. So that means his acting has to come through in his physicality and his look and just his pure acting skill because he can't convey it with words. And the scene where his mom's caravan... Oh, it's ...is on fire and those it. people are holding him back. Oh, man. He's awesome in this movie. But I just love... I mean, that was a great trailer shot when he gets trailer shot yeah because oh because we're trying to get a trailer yeah you're gonna get wait we bought a trailer from you now we're buying you a caravan Mm -hmm. yeah yeah and he picks the color it's periwinkle blue (laughs) you know i read that that was talk let's talk and they all gather around chatting Mm -hmm. but yeah this um but in the air i love how they did that 800 frames per second then he goes underwater they shot that for a day and guy richie didn't like it really yeah he's like i don't know it doesn't work but we shot it so i put it in Oh, because I think it's fun. I think it shows how hard he got hit. Like he kind of separated from his body with that punch. And I think that's why the freeze frame, not well, the 800 frames per second works. Yeah. And it, it give, you're right. It gives more weight or gravity because he sinks down and he's sort of taking a pause during that time. And it allows you to absorb that as a viewer. Whereas if it was a quick cut action scene where he just falls and then he lays there, there that's not very dynamic for a viewer. Yeah, they went out of their way to go dynamic in this fight scene. You want to hear something cool? Yeah. So they had an editor, and they fired him. Oh. And they hired this first-time editor named John Harris. And Guy Ritchie and Matthew Vaughn were like, we love them because he never left the editing bay. So you have other editors who are, I, this is my way. I want to go home. Hey, guys, I want to sleep. But since they hired a first-time guy, oh, he was he like, give just... me more, give me more, give me nice. more. And so he took all of this footage, and he was just day and night working on it. But, I mean, there's a lot of shots in this, this is not an easy fight to... Yeah, this is from a ton of angles. You notice that when you're watching it. I mean, I think we talk about the slow-mo and Raging Bull did that first. They have some of the most iconic boxing mm-hmm. scenes ever. And when I learned something cool about Raging Bull, they made the boxing scenes incredibly dynamic to make him see a Jake LaMotta seem alive. And then everything else was shot really flat to show his life outside was kind of mundane. Okay. So it's kind of... I mean, they borrowed definitely from Raging Bull... But I think they stylized it enough to make it work. Now, what do you think? I pointed that extra out to you. What do you think about that extra? There's oh, a scene the where Mickey's guy on the bench in the corner with his. I'm yeah. doing this with my hands. So, he's punching with his little fists. I don't think Scrappy do when he's like, "Stick him up, let me at him." You know, he does the little fist things. There's yeah, a guy. It's like that Rock'em Sock'em. Yeah. He's just in the corner with his little fists up, and, and he, he keeps and punching. And them. He's it's doing so... it for like thirty seconds, going, "Yeah, yeah, yeah, yeah." That was, yeah. was a little interesting choice there but I don't, sure. they, that threw me out i mean i guess they didn't have that many extras right but at its core i mean this movie and then the gentleman that just came out this year 
they're funny. Yeah. And they've got weird little idiosyncratic moments like that. So maybe it's just sort of part of that world. No, you're right. You're right. Did, did you not notice at the end when Mickey falls down, there's a guy with his hands raised in the air. <laughs> like, it's the greatest moment ever. Oh yeah, gosh. he's got his hands fully extended. He's cheering, and he holds them up there for the whole shot until Mickey gets up. And I, I was impressed to notice when they went back to him, his hands were still in the air. Whoa, that guy's committed. Yeah. And they were moving people around because they didn't have enough extras, right, to fill in the frame. Oh, yeah, I saw that on some of the trivia that they didn't have enough people, so they just kept moving them. It's what you got to do. Put a different jacket on them, take off their hat, put a hat on them. Funny. Boom. You're done. Switch coats. You're set. No, but I also like how, this is going to sound really random, but we, we the jab was important in this fight. So in the beginning when Mickey knocks him on the ground and then Horace gets back up, Mickey lands three jabs right off the bat, quick. And it hurts the guy. So it's kind of cool to see in a movie a jab hurting. Because nowadays, if the rock gets hit like a jab, it's the same thing as someone giving him like a an M, like a someone putting yeah, a grape po- in his like mouth, poking. You. Yeah, like why are you poking me? So like jabs aren't used, but in this one, he set, he sets it up pretty quick, and I love that. And then I love the ref called out Mickey too. He's like, "You're just gonna knock him out? What are you doing?" <laughs> but one quick question for you: Mickey knew that he was going to kill Bricktop, right? Well, Mickey, yeah, Mickey and bet Errol, on himself. And so, but he won. He was supposed to lose. So did he say he was going to win in the fourth round? Because why didn't he just win in the first round and do all that stuff? Yeah, he must have bet on himself to win in the fourth round because everybody's odds were on. Oh, him in the fourth round. So he had to stay alive? I guess so, yeah. But if he knew he was going to kill everybody, but he made the money on the fight. Oh, so maybe he did put on fourth round because that's more money if he does it then since everyone's betting against him. Probably. I don't I don't gamble. <laughs> what if Horace... Did you ever feel like he was in trouble being knocked out in this fight? Hor- the other fighter? Yeah, Mickey. Did you ever think Mickey was in trouble? Um, Maybe that one time towards... The end, when he really sinks down there. <laughs> and I think that that is there to make you feel how much worse that was of a punch. Because there's a couple punches where he gets clocked in the face and he sprays blood everywhere and he's tired in his corner. But that one really hurts. Yeah. That one got him good. I love this fight. And they're just yelling. Uh, Turkish is yelling at him to just stay down. Mm-hmm. And he gets up. All he has to do is stay down. He mm-hmm. gets up and knocks the dude out. Yep. Drills him. And what another part I like about this is how Tommy and Turkish, when they're walking into the fight, someone pushes Brad Pitt. Mm-hmm. And Tommy just goes full bulldog on a guy. And they just start beating up people in the crowd. Yeah, they and go then- at it. Even... even um. Mickey does it, too. He starts going at people in the crowd before he starts fighting. I love his final jump. He just jumps into this big guy with his arms down. This big guy just kind of catches him and pushes him back. (laughs) It's kind of funny. And then then there's a scene where Horace punches him after the bell. And Tommy and and Turkish jump in again. And they're scrapping in the ring with the other guys. Tommy's a little bulldog in this movie. But I loved how Tommy... He kind of gets made to look a fool a little bit in this film. But I like how he's he's got his back. He's an aggressive little guy. He's down to roll. Yeah. And then he was in Boardwalk Empire. And then he's, he was Al Capone later on. Isn't that cool? Yeah. I like that guy. He was hilarious in Irishman. I keep talking about that. I you love, showed up late to lunch. Sorry. I love Statham in this movie. It's just, it's he's so funny and it's before he started on that real serious action career. But this shows a lot of his talents and the stuff that he's doing now. Well, for sure. And oh, uh, do you want to hear something cool before, like a couple more things? Yeah. So Guy Ritchie was like, I like all the sepia in this. He's like, they let me use sepia in this one. Did you notice the sepia tone? Uh, Yeah, it is a bit darker. I guess I was just mentally attributing that to be, it being inside and low lights. But it, yeah, sepia, I can see it. When they went 800, 800 frames per second, you could see the lack of lights because it was very grainy. Mm-hmm. But I don't know how you combat that. You just got to light it more. I would, you'd have to light it more. 
Or you'd have to use a lens that took in more light. Yeah, they probably didn't have that. But I like the grain, though. It made it look gritty. And that yeah. fight was supposed to be gritty. And I mean, it, it does. It looks dirty. He looks dirty the whole time. This is a movie that I don't want to watch in 4K. No. I, like, I don't, yeah. I like the grit and the grime, the mud, the blood, and the beer. I, I like the contrast between Mickey and Turkish. Turkish with his, you know, fancy stiff white collar and his jacket, and he's always very proper and dressed up. It really helps accent how gross Mickey is. Yeah. <laughs> and unwashed. <laughs> well, he got into character in this movie by doing that. He mm-hmm. said he didn't wash much because he wanted to get in the character. Yeah, I saw that. That's that's very interesting choice. Well, I mean, he, was, he wasn't there. He was only there for like two, three weeks. This movie only had a $10 million budget. That's not much. No, that's real small. And with the cast they had? I don't know. So, final thoughts on the fight. What do you think about it? Where does this go? No, wait. Where would you rank it? We've done three fights. We've done Night Comes For Us, Commando, and this. Where would you rank it of the three? Uh, Night Comes For Us, this, and Commando. <laughs> Got it. <laughs> you didn't like the fingerless gloves of Bennett and his knife work? I don't know. I'm sure that there are worse fights out there. No, I... I well, that's hard to compare to The Night Comes For Us. is just such an awesome fight. You know how much we love Eco. And they're all... I guess they're all different, too, so it's unfair. Yeah, and I, I love this movie overall, but this is just such a different fight from that. It's not, you know, it's not too characteristic characters that you know your villain and your hero fighting each other it's just mickey fighting a guy yeah some dude being tricky tricky mickey mickey being tricky mickey one plant (laughs) one pants (laughs) yeah well he only have one pair of pants probably interesting you know what else i liked after the fight so this is it's beyond the end of the you know fight scene but they flash back to them leaving the ring and the absolute chaos that breaks out. I mean, people are fighting in the crowd. There's a dude with a chair. Yeah, there's a chair that gets thrown and it falls on the ground and they're breaking stuff. I mean, it's crazy. Chairs always get thrown first. So if you let a bar fight grow, there's going to be chairs flying in like three seconds. I'm curious who started this fight after the fight. Because Turkish and Tommy and Mickey were focused on getting out of there. And then we also know that Bricktop and his guy are out of the place before they are out of the place. Well, how many people thought they were going to win because of the fourth round? So they bet. And then the people who won got super crazy. Yeah. And then they were pissed because they lost money on a sure thing. And a fight breaks out. Yeah. I mean, it was that was a rowdy fight. I think it was the guy who was doing the put him up, stick him up. I don't know. My bet's on the guy with the hands in the air. (laughs) He was very excited when Mickey went down. And they were throwing, I hate chair throwers. Yeah, that's destructive. Who needs to destroy a chair? Hit somebody with a chair. Someone could be sitting on that. Don't throw the chair. Throwing is the wimpiest thing. What if there's a person with a leg ailment and they need to sit? After the fight. It's terrible. Your friend breaks his leg during the fight. And you're the one who threw the chair that broke it. Yeah. And where are you going to sit? <laughs> I like the picture of all these guys fighting. And then they just take a sit afterward. They all hang out and sit. They're tired. They're probably winded. I mean, these guys don't look in shape. And you know what's interesting though? Brad Pitt was worried about this role because Fight Club. Oh, yeah. But it was such a different character he did it. Well, yes. Because in Fight Club, he has lines. And in this movie, he has garbled stuff <laughs> it's a kind of it's my, it's my mom it's a dag big dag well this was fun thank you for joining me oh thanks for letting me pick another movie i love i love this final fight yeah you've picked some good ones so far yes all right so this is good so for me mark hoffmeyer for megan quarter punch hoffmeyer this is movies films of flicks final fights we'll see you next week kerblam okay round two name something that's not boring a laundry oh a book club computer solitaire huh Ah, oh, sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. 
That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.